Welcome back to Hog Talk. It's Erin, your host and assistant director of New Student and Family Programs. And I'm Michelle, your co-host and the graduate assistant for NSFP. This week, we have Sarah Finley with us from Counseling and Psychological Services, also known as CAPS, here on campus. But before we talk with Sarah, here are some campus updates and reminders and news for you. So first, we wanted to talk a little bit about the parent and family survey responses that we got. We sent out a survey probably like a month ago Mm -hmm. um, just to get feedback from from all of you about, you know, programs, the university. What do you want? And so generally what we found was that y'all really liked um, finals care packages. And that's great because definitely Mm -hmm. here to stay. The other programs that um, were really liked, well liked, were the family transition workshops and then virtual family weekend. And we're happy that you loved those. Um, We are going to continue to do some sort of virtual family orientation. So thank you for that feedback. Um, It really is going to help us you know guide the rest of our programs um overall satisfaction with communication from both the university and parent family programs was above average so that is also great um and to kind of illustrate that um when we asked about what improvements could be made to our response one parent stated none a good job under the circumstances and so um that's kind of a big focus of this whole part that we're going to talk about is under the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that it's been really difficult for for our students, for y'all, for everyone, for us included. Um, and so we are doing what we can um, and really pushing what we, what we can do under the circumstances. So that was really appreciated. Yes, absolutely. We really, um, really did appreciate all the feedback we got, both positive and negative, because as we always try to take from surveys, it's a learning, mm-hmm. learning tool. And so we definitely want to implement what y'all's feedback were into our programs. Um, and, you know, as far as in-person parent events, we miss y'all so much. <laughs> we really yeah. do. We miss being able to travel and make that connection face-to-face with all of you. We miss the meet and greets the care package events and things like that. And so, you know, as soon as we are able to do that, we absolutely will. You know, right now, the university sponsored travel is still not allowed. Um, We we want to come see all, we just cannot at this moment in time. And we are aware that virtual is not everyone's favorite, but we're just kind of working with what we've got. um, And we wanna still be able to connect with y'all as much as we can. And so speaking of that, we do have two, virtual meet and greets coming up this week. We have our first one tomorrow from 5.30 to 6.30 and our next one will be Thursday, March 11th from 5.30 to 6.30 as well. And so we'll be posting about those too. So just a way to connect with y'all again. And if you have any questions or concerns, definitely, you know, write them down and then join us so we can all talk about it. Um, And let y'all know we're still here for y'all and we miss y'all. We miss your faces. So definitely (laughs) tune into that when you can. Yeah. And to go off of that, you know, a lot of the feedback was in-person parent events, but also just in-person student events and me and Erin are parent family programs Mm -hmm. so we don't have as much in the student side but we do know that the rest of our office and the rest of our campus community and offices across campus are doing everything in their power to provide safe events for students um, because it's we know that students need to be engaged Mm -hmm. and and we know that there's loss from both you and your students over all of these things that they Um, about having to just be inside or not be able to hang out with people. And so we're trying to do everything that we can. And I'm sure you've probably seen in Campus News, like we're doing, um, we're prepping to have more in-person events and classes in the fall. Um, But we have to remember that until 70% of the world, the community, the state is vaccinated, there's still so many risks to everyone's health. And we would never want to do anything to put 
any of our students mm-hmm. or staff or faculty at risk. As far as classes go, there is also push to have more in person every semester that we continue. It's just about weighing the risks to professors and students' health. But know that everyone here mm-hmm. wants that. Absolutely. Like everyone at the University of Arkansas wants to have things in person and be serving you and your students in person. Um, so thank you again for your feedback, but we just, um, and that's that's kind of what we have to say. Um, if you ever have other feedback, like Aaron said, we mm-hmm. always want to hear it and definitely tune into those meet and greets because that's where we can kind of talk more about it. Yes, absolutely. So kind of moving on to our next big topic, it is Women's History Month. <laughs> so the university has a huge list of events spanning the rest of the month to celebrate women, feminism, and important women throughout our history. Um, you can go to diversity.uark.edu for all events. And now Michelle is going to give you all a little bit more in-depth event. Yes. So some yeah. things to look out for, mm-hmm. um, some things I thought were fun or interesting. So the first one is Tawdry Tales of Our First Ladies. And so there's four sessions <laughs> from 10.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. throughout the month. And it's basically supposed to be a humorous but also historic look at all of our first women or first ladies from Martha Washington to today. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that would be pretty fun to go listen to. Um, there's also a movie series which um, is happening throughout the month at 6 p.m. in the Union Theater. They've had... Um, already they've had on the basis of sex and a league of their own but we're also going to be playing um hidden figures in charlie's angels so definitely oh for (laughs) sure i'm like loving all of it so definitely tell your students about those beyond that we've got some meditations planned some trivia nights a sip and paint for grad students and some guest speakers we've got um dr lisa corrigan on women's history through an equity lens on march 24th and then danielle musselman on women's empowerment ceiling breakers and dream makers on march 29th um which both seem like super interesting topics so definitely have your students pay attention to those and come to them if they can um and don't forget that even if your student is not a woman, that they can partake in these as well. Um, So, you know, it's important for everybody to go to these events and everyone is welcome. Um, Again, like Erin said, check out diversity at uark.uark.edu for all the events. All right, y'all. Today we have Sarah Finley with us from CAP. So welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much for being here. Um, Would you just start off with introducing yourself to everyone listening? Yeah, good morning. Thank y'all so much for having me. So my name is Sarah Finley. I am a licensed clinical mental health counselor here at CAPS, Counseling and Psychological Services at the University of Arkansas. Incredible. Awesome. Thank you so much for meeting with us today, Sarah. We really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm very excited to be here. Yes. Well, first off, just kind of start us out. Tell us about, you know, what is CAPS and what are some of the services that are offered to students here on campus? Yeah, so CAPS is Counseling and Psychological Services, so it's the mental health resource for all of the students who um, attend the university. And we have a lot of services that we offer. So um, we offer individual counseling, which is what I think most people think of when they think about attending counseling or going to therapy. We also have a really incredible group counseling program, um, and we have group counseling Um, that focuses on a myriad of issues. So we have um, an alcohol and drug um, group. We have a understanding self and others, which is in an interpersonal group. We have groups for anxiety and depression, um, body positivity, just a lot of different um, topics or concerns that are really salient for college students. We also have 24-hour emergency services. So this is for students who are in crisis. And I always tell students, you get to decide what feels like an emergency. So we have students who obviously call for 
things like suicidal ideation, thoughts of harming themselves. We also have students call if they're having a panic attack or have experienced a, re a recent maybe um, breakup or um, loss of a relationship. We've even had students who've called because of academic distress, feeling really overwhelmed from failing a class or, or finding out they didn't get a scholarship or something like that. So I always tell students, you know, use those services as you see fit. All that will happen is you will call, you'll get linked with a crisis clinician, and they'll really just talk to you about what's going on and then help you de-escalate and cope with whatever um, is happening until you can um, talk to a clinician um, or um, meet with if you have your own therapist. Mm -hmm. So it's really just kind of de-escalating um, and, and helping you with that crisis. We also have psychiatry services um, and we do assessments. We also um, do a lot of outreaches and um, have different um, kind of training modules or um, just resources for students to access on our website. So we have a lot of different things going on. I would recommend if you're interested, go to our website or also just call the Capsmate phone number, get scheduled for a 30 minute initial consultation and then kind of see what you need from there. Awesome, so you kind of touched on, you know, all the different challenges that students might face during college. So what or how can mental health and wellness affect a student's journey throughout college in those four years that they're here yeah i think that's a great question and you know i would answer um profoundly right so i think that college is often framed as like the best years of your life right it's really exciting it's yeah. um, new it's going to mm -hmm. be a great time and in a lot of ways that is very true but in some ways college can be really scary and intimidating for a lot of students it's the first time that they're not living with parents it's the first time that they're really having to hold themselves accountable your schedule looks really different oftentimes they're confronted with things for the first time it's when students oftentimes will first start exploring their sexuality their identity drugs and alcohol figuring out friend groups figuring out how to cope with stress um you know the academic load looks different financial stress homesickness, just a lot of these things that um, become very prevalent in college and I think can feel really kind of isolating. You feel like you have to do it alone. You're kind of in this period of you're an adult and have all of those expectations, but you're still really young. You're a young adult and so maybe don't have all of the tools and knowledge to feel fully capable of, of managing some of those stressors. So I think that, you know, really prioritizing mental health and taking care of yourself is hugely important. You know, resiliency is a skill. Um, I think that some people think, oh, it's a personality thing. It's something that you're just born with, and it's not. Um, I think there are some people that maybe are more naturally inclined to take care of themselves or to feel resilient, mm -hmm. but that's oftentimes learned, right, from your parents um, or for, from, um, you know, how you were taught to, to deal with stress. Um, and those are skills that you can learn at any time. And I think college is a really great time to start implementing some of those things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. It is very much a scary time. And it's so great <laughs> sure. that here we do have all these resources and services available to better support our students. Because, I mean, I remember being 18 and just like moving yeah. here and like, oh, my God, this is so overwhelming. And so it is so good to have that support here. Definitely. Yeah, it's very overwhelming. And I think, you know, not something that we talk about a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think students come and they say like, I didn't know that it would be this hard or I didn't know that I would feel so homesick. Like I miss my family yes. and I never thought that would happen to me. And it is kind of surprising mm -hmm. um, the challenges that crop up. 
and, and that students aren't alone in that. That is a really common experience. Absolutely. So I feel like you did also kind of touch on this too, but how important is it that students create healthy habits around mental wellness during this time in their life? You know, this is a time of transition and change. Yeah, I think very important. And I think, you know, this is really a time to figure out what works for you and what doesn't, right? Um, a lot of mental health and self-care is a little bit of trial and error. And that also mm -hmm. can feel really scary. And so, you know, my best advice to, to students is really start, just start. I think that that's kind of the hardest thing to do. Yeah. So really starting to self-evaluate how do I feel my healthiest? How do I feel my most productive? Who are the people that I surround myself that that help me feel those ways? And then what doesn't feel helpful? Um, and mental health and self-care and resiliency is really tailored to yourself, right? What works for one person may not work for you. What works for your friends may not work for you. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. So really giving yourself the freedom to figure it out. You're probably going to make mistakes. You're probably going to try things that you think, oh, this may be really helpful, or my friend does this, so so this is the thing to do, and then they engage with it and realize, oh, actually, that doesn't really work for me, um, and and that's okay. Really allowing yourself to kind of figure out, you know, what those things are, and then getting in that good habit. Um, the the sooner that you can can help yourself in that way, the easier it is when things do get really hard. You already have some of those. Um, resilient qualities in place so difficult times don't feel as difficult you can cope with them much better mm -hmm. absolutely yeah so kind of you know you talked about all the services that caps has but you know we're things are changing and we talked about this a little bit before we even started recording how you know working and living in a pandemic is so different and so um what are like how has CAPS changed and how have student challenges and issues changed since the beginning of the pandemic? Yeah, um, we were talking about that and I think it's, you know, I sometimes laugh about things <laughs> just at how different life is. And I also can remember, you know, we're coming on almost a year yeah. of, of this pandemic. It's wild. And, um, it really I remember is. last March, we were talking about like, wouldn't that be so wild if come July, we were still working from home. And now I think back and like, my, how naive we were. <laughs> right. Um, because here we are a year later and still in this situation. So, um, so yeah, a lot of, a lot of changes, but, um, that's kind of a two part question. So I'll answer the caps piece first. So in a lot of ways, caps has changed and in a lot of ways we haven't. So all of our services are currently being offered remotely and they have been offered remotely since, um, the, the summer, really. Mm -hmm. um, we, we did a really quick transition to offering all of our services via Zoom and or the telephone um, and in, starting in like March, April. Um, and so from a student perspective, um, not that much is different. So we still offer all of the services that we did, maybe even more services now. We've turned a lot of our um, like webinars and workshops into online self-paced um, workshops. And so some of our groups, like we have an anxiety and depression group that we still offer as a like live Zoom group, but we also offer it in a workbook that students can download from our website and do kind of at their own pace. We have a specifically coping with COVID anxiety workbook mm -hmm. on our website. We're doing a lot of virtual outreaches 
have an incredible YouTube that my colleague Patricia Morency has um, created and does a lot of videos on there. Um, she does Mental Health Mondays. Um, she does an incredible diversity series. Um, and so a lot of those resources that I don't know we would have felt the need to offer, mm -hmm. you know, being without being remote. Yeah. Um, and so that's been kind of fun to be creative in that way. Um, and, you know, still being able to meet the needs of students. Um, you know, I don't think, I think everyone would probably agree that in-person is better, right? There are some limitations to being online, but from a therapeutic um, sense, it still is incredibly effective. Mm -hmm. I think we've even surprised ourselves as clinicians at how effective online counseling is and how we can still meet the needs of our students using telehealth. Um, so from a student perspective, you know, um, being on Zoom is certainly different, but mm -hmm. in terms of services, um, we're still offering a lot of the same ones. In terms of how has this impacted students, um, I think that's a much bigger and more involved question and answer. Um, and I think it really depends. You know, this has impacted people's lives in such incredible ways. Um, I know that there's been a lot of grief. Um, you know, students have had a lot of loss. Um, there's also been an increase in stress and anxiety mm -hmm. and, and feelings of isolation. You know, quarantining, especially for college students, mm -hmm. um, is a really big ask, um, you know, to, to not be as engaged as I think that they would want to be as we would want them to be. Um, and then also having a decrease in options for coping. So a lot of the things that we would encourage students to do um, aren't really options anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and so having to be really creative with, you know, what are things that students can do? What are some ways that you can cope with these feelings um, to, to insert some joy, some flexibility, some creativity, some fun mm -hmm. into your day to day when things feel pretty bleak um, some days. Um, so I think, you know, it really depends on whatever the students themselves are experiencing. Um, and I just really want to normalize that. I've had students come and say, like, I'm really struggling. Um, and I, not to minimize or anything, but I say, of course you are. Like, this is such a hard, confusing time. And it's there's been so much ambiguity. Um, there's been a lot of unanswered questions and a lot of uncertainty. And that's a really scary place, I think, for everyone. And so knowing that if you're struggling right now, if the pandemic has been especially challenging, if you felt especially isolated, if you felt really unmotivated, difficult in coping, um, I think that's a pretty normal response to everything that's going on. Mm -hmm. I mean, they really, students really are facing a lot right now, you know, not only as we talked about the scariness of being college, you know, and all of that, but couple that with the pandemic that yeah. nobody has really dealt with on this grade before, like it's kind of, you know, overwhelming to think how resilient these students are already are without them even realizing they are, you know? Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah, and you know, that that they've been living it for yes. a year um, and, and that they are incredibly resilient um, and that there are options for them. Um, it might be not exactly what we, we want to mm -hmm. be doing, um, I've also told students, you know, can you kind of tamper your expectations a little bit, yes. right? You're, you maybe won't be as productive as mm -hmm. as you have been in the past. Maybe your grades aren't where you would want them to be or maybe where your parents want them to be. And can you give yourself a little bit of grace and evaluate yourself 
in the context of everything that's been going on for mm-hmm. the past year. Um, and that's a lot. Absolutely. We're all doing the best that we can. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. I say that all the time. Yeah. So, you know, our podcast, me and Aaron work with parents and families. And so we kind of center this podcast around talking to parents and families. So what can parents and family members do to support their students and make mental health a priority for their students? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I think that parents really do have so much um, kind of influence and impact on their children. Um, And I think really normalizing mental health struggles, um, being upfront about that this is a hard time, that if you're struggling, that you're okay, there's nothing wrong with you, um, that that you're reacting or responding to the situation that we're all in. Um, And so, you know, sometimes sharing with, your student, yeah, this is hard. You know, I'm probably not as productive at work as I would want to be either, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Um, and and really, just I think normalizing um, that this is a difficult time, um, and then also really helping to to connect with your student, um, and and helping them kind of figure out what will work for you right mm-hmm. now. Um, you know okay, if you can't do 100%, if you're not feeling 100%, um, what what can you feel? What can you do? And how can me as your parent help you achieve that? Mm-hmm. Um, so really that supportive impact. I think a lot of students aren't feeling as socially supported as they would be without the pandemic. They're not able to connect and meet with friends and feeling really isolated. And so, um, you know, you as the parent kind of, you know, leveraging the bond that you already have with them and, and really being a supportive person for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think, you know, I know my parents are like this, um, very much want to problem solve in their students' lives. I think it's <laughs> yes. very hard, yeah, for, for parents to see their kids struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also knowing that some problems you cannot solve. And so does your student need for you to actively do something or do they just need to call you and vent Mm -hmm. or do they just need to have a listening ear to tell you that things are really hard and for you to say yes they are and and that's okay we are Mm -hmm. giving snaps to that because me and Aaron feel that so much Mm -hmm. and I I do I get it I'm I'm not a parent but I I do you know as much as I can understand that plight of parents to Mm -hmm want to protect your child to help your child and so I definitely understand that motivation um and also you know would encourage for parents to really maybe ask their child like do you need for me to do something or do you just want me to listen (laughs) to you and I think that they will likely be honest with you and be upfront and tell you like hey you know maybe they do need you to do something but I think more often than not they probably just just want a listening ear Mm -hmm, and for someone to say like that's really Absolutely, that's such a good tip. Just yeah. like, just, just ask. like yeah. over, like mm-hmm. over, like overall, not mm-hmm. just with parents mm-hmm. relationships, but just like yes. you know, any like I just really feel that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, do you need me listen or do you need problem solve? Yes, one hundred percent. Awesome. Well, Sarah, are there any important events, programs, or initiatives that students should be aware of during the rest of the semester and the future semesters? Yes, yeah. So um, we we do have a lot going on. Like I said, we offer a lot of services. Um, I also want to mention, I should have mentioned this in the beginning, but we at CAPS also uh, offer um, short-term services and 
And um, we do that just because we have so many students who are mm-hmm. seeking services from CAPS. And so some students will come to CAPS and want really like long-term therapy. And that's just not something that we're able to offer just based on the resources that we have. However, we do offer individual therapy to students. We, like I said, offer the groups that we have. We also have case managers that students can meet with to talk about outside services. So going to a community provider, going to see someone in private practice. We also have an online um, kind of search tool called Thriving Campus Mm -hmm. that students can access through our website um, that links them to clinicians in the community. So I know sometimes, um, you know, we as CAPS can't meet all of the needs that all of our students have. And I think in some ways that's unfortunate, right? I, I wish that we could, mm-hmm. um, but we just can't. There's just so many students. But we do have other resources, other services that we can either help students, um, you know, we can offer students or we can help them access outside of, of what we at CAPS specifically can mm-hmm. offer. Um, so I just wanted to say that as well because, um, you know, I, I never want students to feel like if we're not the option, they don't have options mm-hmm. because we just want them to seek services and access services that are going to best meet their needs, whether that's us or someone else. Um, and so we really work hard to, to link them to whatever those services will be. Yeah, absolutely. And then in terms of events and programs, so um, like I said, we have our U of A CAPS YouTube, which has a lot of really incredible videos and information there. Um, we have an Instagram. We have a lot of resources on our website. We even have a um, uh, like a sub website for families and parents specifically um, with resources for for them to help support their students. Amazing. Um, sorry. Um, and then we also have, um, we're doing a play day. So this is something that we have always done at CAPS. We typically do it once a semester. Um, obviously, because of COVID, it's looking a little bit different. But this um, April 28th and 29th, so it's right before finals week, mm-hmm. we will be, um, we're still kind of coordinating some of the times and, and what exactly it will look like. So um, we will put more information on our Instagram and on our website, but um, right now we're planning to have little like self-care goodie bags um, that students can come in front of the union. We'll have tables set up mm-hmm. and can come and get our um, goodie bags um, and you know talk to us about caps. We'll be outside. We'll be wearing masks and um, you know distanced, um, but we um, you know really I miss seeing students in person. I miss interacting with mm-hmm. them, um, and I think you know being able to be outside and at least connect with students in a safe but more kind of interpersonal way than we really have been able to in mm-hmm. the past year. Um, so so we're really excited about that and we'll have goodie bags with different self-care things for students to do. They can make little stress um, like water bottle shakers so something really fun for them to do um, and so like I said that'll be April 28th and 29th. More details to come um, uh, but we're really excited about that is amazing. I love that. Insane. We miss working with students in person too. Yeah. We do what we can virtually. Everyone can't, but you know, it's just nice to see a face in real yeah, life every once sure. in a while. Yeah. <laughs> 
I it was to... very exciting to log on and see your familiar face. I know. Very it was so great. About that. <laughs> um, so, you know, that about wraps us up for today. But Sarah, could you close us out with one last piece of advice for parents and families? It can be related to your office. It can be related to anything else. Just any word of advice. Yeah, I think I would say, you know, give yourself grace mm-hmm. um, and some self-compassion. I think when we're struggling, it's easy for us to get mad at ourselves for that or to feel guilty. Um, And those feelings of guilt and shame are very emotionally and mentally taxing. That's a lot of kind of extra stress that you're putting on yourself. And Mm -hmm. um, self-compassion can be incredibly motivating and incredibly helpful in kind of pulling out of that being overwhelmed with stress and helping you to problem solve, helping you to kind of pull yourself out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it sounds kind of cheesy, but there really is something no. very profound about about being kind to yourself. No, I think uh, that's something that even me and Erin need to hear for sure. So. Absolutely. It's just so. something to constantly remind yourself. Absolutely. Like, hey, prioritize yourself, just check in with yourself, and be nice to yourself. 100%. Yeah. Um, So thank you, Sarah. Parents and families, I think this is such an important topic for them to talk about and listen to. So thank you so much for being here today. Um, Thank you all so much for having me. Of course. Of course. So thank you, everyone listening and joining us once again. This has been Hog Talk.